What's up, Hogland Nation? You know we gotta tell you about Mr. T's Tuxedos. Do you or someone you know have a wedding, formal, prom, or big event coming up soon? Well, lucky for you, we have you covered. Mr. T's Tuxedos has the best suits and tuxedos in the area, and will have you looking your best for your big day. With their main store located in Minersville, PA, they also offer fitting services located in Center City, Philly, as well as on-site fittings at your preferred location. Make sure to mention that Hogline sent you when you visit in-store or reach out with an inquiry. To take a look at their catalog and for more information on all that Mr. T's Tuxedos has to offer, visit MrT'sTux.com. That's M-R-T-S-T-U-X.com. And remember, you only have one shot at looking your best. Be sure to take it with Mr. T's Tuxedos. What's going on, Hogline Nation? Welcome back to the Hogline Podcast. I'm your host, Mitchell Manis, alongside my co-hosts, Jack Manis and Andrew Schreffler. You are listening to the 256th episode of the podcast. Welcome in, folks. I say this every week, but we are uh, we're moving right along. I think we're almost about halfway done the NFL season. Um, but, hey, both our teams won this week. So I think uh, instead of it being Eagles rant of the week and Steelers rant of the week, maybe perhaps it'll be just be Eagles recap of the week and Steelers recap of the week. We um, but yeah, so Eagles big win over the Dolphins Sunday Night Football. Steelers big win over uh, the Rams, who you know a little bit better than we thought they would going into the year. So um, definitely a, a good win there on the road and. Uh, yeah, we got some other segments in the middle of the show for you guys. One we just kind of thought of a couple minutes ago. So that'll be, we'll see how that one goes. And uh, of course, our picks at the end of the show, which as a collective, we did pretty poorly this week. I know we, Shref is still waiting on uh, the result of this Monday Night Football game here. But I think the, uh, we actually, we've gotten two right so far. And one of them was Jack's blind fade of Shref. So it yeah. so well. It worked so yep. well. <laughs> yeah, I, I can't believe it took us seven weeks to think of that. Yeah. I mean, it can't apply to Shreff. He can't fade himself. It doesn't no. work that way. But <laughs> but uh, I, I had all that time sitting at the first priority. I could have I could have played my cards right. But hey, Jack did it, and we'll see if he implements it again. So, But anyway, how are we feeling? Great. Steelers yeah. win. I feel good. Eagles win. I feel good. Uh, yeah, I got no complaints. I had fun last night. Oh, let's talk about the Eagles. In their I Kelly mean, Green, they Eagles. defeat the Miami Dolphins, who have an historic offense through the first six weeks of the season. Uh, by what was it, thirty-one seventeen? Right. Yep, thirty-one seventeen. Thirty-one seventeen was close for a little bit there. Um, Eagles pulled away at the end. Sharif, tell us about your uh, viewing experience. Uh, I had a, I had a fun viewing experience, especially with those jerseys. They looked, I mean, I knew they were going to look good. They looked so good, especially with the retro logo in the end zone and, and at midfield. 
all of it combined, it, it, it looked it looked great. Um, so that was a good start. I was wondering if they were going to be uh, like good luck or bad luck. It, it's always the way it is with a new uniform. Got to see how they play in them. And they were up to the test. Um, I was very nervous coming into this game. I think for good reason. This Dolphins team has uh, arguably the most fun offense to watch in football. Um, Two has been playing lights out for the most part. Um, Tyreek's been on a whole other level. So there's a lot of a lot of worries coming into this game. And as a whole, uh, the defense, I thought, was clearly the big winner of the night as a whole. Um, they, I don't want to say they dominated, because Tua went out there and there were parts of the game where he was, you know, he was finding ways to make plays, uh, throwing with great anticipation. They were finding open holes in the zone. But at the same time, uh, the defensive line did what the defensive line had to do. And that was, uh, you know, dominate a little bit when they had to. Josh Sweat, two big sacks. Uh, Jordan Davis played really well up the middle. Um, Jalen Carter got in there with another, like, TFL. They they were just, they were overwhelming the entire night. Some people night. think that fighting like a girl means to Sorry, game. that's so unprofessional. <laughs> that, was, that, was great, that was great timing. Um, <laughs> uh, but, yeah, no, the defensive line dominated, and it allowed the secondary to make some plays when they had the opportunity to. We saw Darius Slay have the big interception, uh, ex- like right when they needed it. Dolphins were driving, close game, all of it. Uh, it was much needed. Um, so yeah, I mean, this is this is the way this is the way this defense kind of helps them win games. When the defensive line is playing, it allows the secondary to actually get a little more aggressive. Um, obviously, when the QB does have time to throw, you see those kind of pockets of uh, pockets of zones kind of open up in the middle there, and they were able to target it. But I trust the Steel line to you know keep getting through. Um, so I was very impressed with the defense as a whole. Very impressed with Sean Desai as well. It seems like he's kind of gotten the recognition that maybe he should have been getting because um, his defense has played very well for the most part. But it was especially impressive uh, last night. Offensive side of the ball. Um, I'm, I'll start with my complaint for Jalen Hurts. Um, he, he's been holding on to the ball for much longer than I'd like him to. Uh, I had, let me make sure I had this bookmarked. Um, he entered, he entered this past week. And I mean, this, this entire game, I felt my, I felt like I was screaming at the TV, like throw the ball, throw the ball, throw the ball. Entered week seven with the second longest average time to throw 3.21 seconds. That was only ahead of Justin Fields. Um, he sped it up last year. He still wasn't like crazy fast, but he was at 2.86 last year. Just a lot more decisive with the football. doesn't feel like it's been that way this year. And that, uh, pick uh, i guess yeah the pick six um was directly a cause of that i you know like whether or not someone was open or not you got to feel that you got to feel the pressure coming at you like that you got to find a way to get rid of that football he waited a second too long ball gets tipped pick six not good uh the fumble at the beginning was also uh a result of holding on the ball a little too long uh was staring down everyone for too long let the pocket collapse on him tried to escape too late ball comes out so I mean, both of the turnovers were a direct result of just holding on to the ball too long. Um, but uh, I thought at the end of the day, he stepped up and he made plays when it mattered. Uh, the play in the, I guess it was the first half to AJ on the run there, was that was the positive result of holding on to the ball too a little too long. Um, so it is just about kind of finding that balance between the two. I found AJ, found him at the end of the game. AJ Brown with a ridiculous catch, like got it in between two guys. He's been like as good as it gets in terms of receivers. Obviously, Tyreek, as I said at the beginning, has been like on another level just in terms of you know statistics and just you know 
dusting people. But A.J. Brown has been about as complete as you can get. It feels like every time he catches the ball, there's, like, no way that the first guy is going to be able to bring him down. Uh, he's just, like, he blends the physicality with the speed and everything just so, so well. Um, so he's been an absolute treat to watch this year. Um, and, yeah, I mean, I, I I don't have too much. Like, they I they just, it felt like they controlled the game for a lot of it. There were points and times where, you know, could have gone one way or the other. Uh, I will mention the penalties. There were some egregious no calls. We could talk. I, we were talking about this earlier when we were discussing what we wanted to talk about, and we said, I mean, this. It, if we wanted to talk about referee problems, we could talk about them every single week if we really needed to. Um, there were some calls that went uh, that didn't go uh, like I thought they should have. Eagles ended up penalized zero times on the night, which just doesn't really happen in football games. Um, there was the missed face mask call, um, which was just simply a bad no call. The football gods, though, uh, were you know ready for that one because I think the very next play was the Hurts pick six. So you know they karma got them back on that one for sure. Um, but I mean, at the end of the day, the the Eagles just they took advantage of you know the fortune that they were given at times. But then I would say throughout a large percentage of the game the physicality that they have just kind of overwhelmed the speed that the Dolphins had. So I don't know if you guys have any questions, but those are my main takeaways. I was I was very impressed with the win, especially after the weird loss last week. They needed a bounce back, and they, they got it. Yeah, my first question was going to be how much money did the ref have on the Eagles? Um, I had some. <laughs> but, but again, yeah, we, just a little uh, peek behind the curtain for Hogline Nation. We were thinking about having a segment just about refs and uh, how poor the officiating was. And coming from a non-biased perspective, because the Steelers and the Eagles both benefited from, from some calls that weren't probably, they were not really correct. Um, but we thought that kind of be a moot point because you could, you can have that segment every week and I don't know, we all kind of consensus didn't really want to do it just because it would uh, kind of be like a redundant segment that kind of just a tired point in the media that just gets spoke about a lot. So we decided to hold off on that. But anyway, that was a, that was a portion of the game um, worth noting for sure. But in terms of actually on the field X's and O's, I mean, you're right. I think you summed it up perfectly at the end there when you said that the, uh, the physicality of the Eagles kind of outmatched the, the speed and finesse of Miami. Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, it was a great game. Great game to watch. I, and this is, I mean, I know this is about the Dolphins, but you, Tyreek Hill is literally going to get a thousand yards next week. He already has 900. Yeah. Yeah. He, like, he, he's playing at a, he plays at a different speed than, like, everyone else. And, like, I've obviously watched, like, pl- like all of his highlights, like, just watching Red Zone, you see him, but, like, I haven't, like, truly, like, sat in and, like, really tuned into, like, a big time Dolphins game too often. But watching him just play by play, like he's just he's he's just not moving at the same speed as everyone else, and it, it's insane to watch. Like I I don't understand how you really contain him. And I don't I don't remember if 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 I brought this up to you guys or if it was some of my other friends or even if we sat on the podcast or not. But do you remember? I think it was earlier this off season. There was some beat report that said Tyree Kill is like a little washed. He looks slow in training camp. Do you guys remember that? I don't know if I do. I don't think I do. Okay, well, there, Jack. <laughs> so, uh, if you couldn't tell, we're watching the Monday Night Football game right now. 
And Jack is uh, okay. Here's a big play. Jack is about 15 seconds ahead of Shreff and I. And um, no, I yeah, think Jordan, I'm on the same time. I'm just not spoiling anything. <laughs> okay, Jordan Addison threw a pass to Ty Chandler. So yeah, that's Addison. what Jack was. Jack was gyrating over there. Over so he just, he just logged like 30 passing yards. Okay. Didn't know he anyway. Could do that. Yeah. NFL uh, player throws a football. Breaking news. Okay. Uh, that was a cool pace. Tyreek Hill's pace. I just figured. It, I calculated it. 129 receptions, 2190 yards, and 17 touchdowns. Like, wow. that's like what his pace should be after like two big, like week two, when it's like a little skewed because he had two big weeks, but we're like halfway through the season. It just keeps going. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Also, okay. That play is coming back, by the way. Oh, no. Yeah. Uh, but Tyreek, didn't Tyreek Hill say after the game that he was like, he had to clean some things up? Like, he didn't have a great game, but he still had like, 11 for 88 and a touchdown. Yeah, it was something ridiculous. He did have I, I, that one weird drop. I don't, I don't know if you mentioned that, but... uh Oh, right, yeah. Was, like, coming across the middle towards the end there. Yeah. Yeah, like he caught it and then like was like going too fast. And then like... Yeah, he was... Yeah, he was he, like kicked into the end zone, but I guess he didn't catch it at all. I guess the one thing I was going to say is I, I do think the takeaway from this game is more... Like the Eagles obviously took care of business. I was happy with the way they looked. I I thought this game reflected more on the Dolphins and how a team like this could hold up in postseason football. I don't know if you guys have any thoughts on that, but it the as I said at the end, like the physicality versus speed thing. Like when you go up against a team that's going to be physical like that, do you have the guys to counter that? Yeah, it, it has seen. I don't have the Dolphins schedule in front of me, but it's off the top of my head. It, it, it feels like they're boat racing really bad teams. And when they play good teams, they, I think that's what it was five and tw- going into this Eagles game. Opponents were five and 24 that they've, that they've, yeah, played. they, I mean, they have wins against the giants who aren't good. The Broncos who aren't good. The, uh, chargers, chargers who are winless and the chargers who are struggling and not really good. Can't say they're good right now. And got, yeah. Handled by the Bills And then, Damn. They did yeah, the Patriots too. Handled by the Bills and they uh yeah, beat lost the Eagles like pretty comfortably. Yeah, and it's like the, the, the Patriots aren't necessarily a great football team, but they're physical. Yeah. Yeah, so it'll be interesting how the Dolphins the rest of the season goes. Uh just off the top of my head, I know they gotta play um the Jets twice, which division opponent, they've got a tough defense. Bills one more time, they have to play the Chiefs still. So there's some tough games on the schedule. Um, it'll it'll really be interesting to see how they they fare against those teams. Uh, last thing I'll say before we actually not not the quite last thing on the Eagles, but um, yeah, AJ Brown's been really good. I think they said he's the third player ever to have five consecutive 125 plus yard receiving games. Is that right? Is that yeah? So yeah, very impressive. He's just doing everything that we thought he would do. Uh, unfortunately for me, though, he's kind of making Devonte Smith a second an afterthought. So I don't like that. He is, especially because uh, Dallas Goddard's really come on the last two weeks as well. So it seems like maybe, possibly, unfortunately for you, there seems to be a hierarchy developing in terms of target share. Yeah, I, I wanted to go back to what it was the first two or three games of the yeah, season. I, I, mean, I, I prefer I, that. I, I still like to think for this for this group, it's going to be more of a matchup by matchup scenario. Um, I think the Eagles have gotten fortunate the last couple weeks in terms of cornerbacks being hurt. 
you obviously had the Jets game without Sauce, and then you had the Dolphins game without Xavier Howard. So, I mean, it's one of those things where A.J. Brown is, you know, obviously putting up insane numbers, but he's getting some favorable matchups. So I think as we get into these teams that truly have, like, you know, one really good corner or two good corners, you, you might see it open up a little bit more. Hopefully. Uh, I have a few things about the Eagles. Um, I guess specifically about the game, and this is just the Eagles Eagles offense in general. I mean, like specifically when I watched back the Rams game, uh, Eagles Rams two weeks ago. I don't know. I I feel like I want to credit their coordinator, their system, whoever Sirianni maybe. Like this offense is just everything just works so easy, and it's just it, it's so. It's like night and day when I watch the Steelers and then this offense. Like, and they do have good players, like fast physical players with AJ Brown and Devonta Smith. And you mentioned Goddard. I think he's looked fantastic this year. Um, it's just everything just comes so easy, and they're always just going downhill. I mean, it does start with the offensive line. It's one of, if not the best, in football. Uh, and I don't like. I love how they. I noticed at least once, probably a couple times, but they highlighted it after it happened. Like Jason Kelsey, they like pull him as like I never yeah. I never really see like a center get pulled and like like it's swing. like it's like guards <laughs> and maybe te- like usually guards will do that, but they're pulling their center and like he's it, snapping the ball and then pulling across two yeah. to go make a block on the outside and he's sealing like, him off perfect. Exactly, I guess. I mean, you do have the best center in the league probably, so maybe it's why you can do it. But like I don't know, he's thirty six. Like I bet there's faster yeah. centers that could I, I get. I don't get why teams just don't copy them. I, I don't. I, I don't really understand it. But they're they're very very good offense. Um, that's. I mean, I'm not saying anything new here. We we should know that. Um, uh, other two other quick notes. The jerseys they got to go permanent. Kelly, they're Green. so good, dude. They're so good. Yeah. <laughs> like I can I can be unbiased about the jerseys. They're they're probably the best in the league. And I. I'm like the polar opposite on the midnight green. I think that midnight green sucks. Like it's so it's, bad, I, and the Kelly green is so good. I think it's so outdated. Good. It's outdated. I, I yeah. I, I never even liked it. Yeah. Yeah, but yeah. I mean, it's it, it's been time. I don't I don't really know what the process involves for that in terms of get it. Like I don't know what hoops would have to get jumped through there. But I mean, if there's a way you could do that, I don't I don't know of anyone that would say no to that. Right. Um, my last thing, and sorry, Shref. I got a rant on. I hate Sirianni. I mean, what did I do last week? You, you think I was enjoying what I was seeing? I'm not like I. I said like this. This is exactly what I talked about last week. You, you're more than welcome to rant. I. I. I mean, I. I credited him a few points ago. Like he's a good coach and he's done a great job. But yeah. man, he is so annoying. <laughs> I sent Mitchell these two clips. You may have saw it, Treff. Like after sure the game, like. Oh yeah, walking through the tunnel. Walk through the tunnel. He's like, "Stop doubting the Eagles!" And he's like, you screaming I, it. I texted like, my friends. It's like last year in after the Chiefs won the AFC Championship when uh, when Travis Kelsey was like, "Everyone yeah. doubts." It's like, what do you mean? <laughs> yes, like, dude. No one's doubting the Eagles. Everyone <laughs> says they're like the second best team in the league. I don't. I don't get it. And then his press conference when talking about the tush push, and he's like, "I don't know. You, I don't know if you saw that too, but like, like where's the camera?" And then he like looked at the camera like, dude, shut up. Oh my God. Yeah. He just like, I don't know. 
I, I I think I said I think I said it last week. He, he's like a sore winner. Like I don't know. He it's he rides the ro- he rides the roller coaster more than maybe any coach that I've that I've seen in a while. Yeah. And like I I'm glad we have a lot of players that seem to have a pretty mild demeanor and don't get too high or low because they they seem to be the like the calming forces on that team. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. It should like, be the uh, opposite. That's <laughs> what I said. Like I don't I don't know, man. He's, and it's one of those things where, like, I I can't get too mad when they're winning a game like that. But yeah, it's, right. I, I mean, just, hey, if if it, I just if, wish he was more, I yeah. just wish he was more normal about it. <laughs> if he was that good of a coach for my team, and like, we're I know, I, I'd like put I up with it, and I wouldn't complain. But as just an outsider, especially someone who hates the Eagles, like, oh my god, this guy sucks. I think I, I, think I said he always he always looks like he has the suds. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I also like it, it's also it's annoying now because you can tell. That they know they're going to get reactions. I I feel like they give a lot more close up Nick Sirianni shots than they do. A lot <laughs> yeah, they probably do. They know what they're going to get from him, so they keep putting it on him. Yeah. Me- well, that was the Eagles game, uh, but news broke earlier today that the Eagles have acquired Kevin Byard in a trade from the Tennessee Titans. Uh, the terms of the deal were the Eagles will be receiving Kevin Byard. And the Titans will be getting a 2024 fifth round pick and sixth round pick, as well as uh, Terrell Edmonds. So the Eagles, who feel like needed some safety uh, upgrades or like depth at least. I mean, initial reaction, Treff, I'm sure you have to like this. It's essentially just a fired for Edmonds swap because the picks are kind of low draft capital. But uh, yeah, what's your initial thoughts on this? Yeah. Um, I mean, it's hard not to like, I, like, I know Howie Roseman gets a lot of like public credit and there's people that get upset about it, but the, like, I, I will always, uh, very much appreciate Howie Roseman being the GM of this team simply because I, I feel like he has a really good sense of when to be aggressive and when not to be. Um, he's been so good at like planning ahead at times. Like you kind of saw it come to fruit, end up coming to fruition with the saints pick that turned into Jalen Carter in this draft. And then, just like having a sense of the moment and being like, "Hey, like we, we're clearly still all in for this thing. We feel like we have a good shot. Let's go make a play for a guy that's gonna certainly upgrade what I would say has been probably their worst unit as a team. That and like maybe the linebackers, but even the linebackers have ended up playing okay this year. Um, there's just there's been a lot of change in that at that safety position." You obviously lose Chauncey Gardner-Johnson and Marcus Epps to free agency going into this year. Um, Reed Blankenship has played well, but just hasn't been able to stay healthy. So the co- so the result of that has just been a revolving door of guys out there. Sidney Brown got most of the plays against the Dolphins. Uh, didn't really jump off the page to me. I liked him as a draft as a rookie coming out here, but I mean, at the end of the day, he's a third round pick uh, as a rookie on a team that's competing like this. I don't know if that's a guy you want to be relying on at all times. And then uh, Justin Evans, I believe, is on IR now. And then it was Terrell Edmonds, who hasn't necessarily been bad, but, I mean, like we said, that I mean, this is clearly an upgrade. Uh, Byard has been, I, I guess you could say, overall he's been having his worst year. Um, but, I mean, the record kind of, or the, the history kind of speaks for itself with him. Uh, and I would also say that, you know, Playing for a team where the offense isn't necessarily moving the ball too much on a week-to-week basis, you know, that can maybe lead to a bit more of a down year defensively for for some people. Um, but now he gets to go to a place where he's going to be able to just kind of fit right in and not have to do too much. 
Um, the one thing that, I mean, obviously I've read up a lot about him and also I have a, a Titans fan friend. So I know, I know more about the Titans than I should. Um, but I mean, Kevin Byard has been a rock for them defensively and a lot of, for him, the big thing is his smarts. Um, it's not necessarily like, you know, the speed or any of that stuff, but he just, he knows where to be at the right time. Um, obviously he's a little more like, I would say athletic, but I, I think of like a Minka Fitzpatrick type of guy where just like knowing where to be at the right times, the ball kind of tends to find you when you're putting yourself in good positions. Um, he tends to do the same. I think since 2016, he has like the second most takeaways as a safety, something along those lines. So clearly has a nose for the football. And I think he just brings so much more experience to the, to the back half of that unit with the safeties there. You obviously have a guy like Slay and Bradbury for the corners, but I mean, as, as much as I've enjoyed Reed Blankenship playing, like having, a, I think he's 24, uh, for as experienced as this group is, having like a 24-year-old back there leading your, your safety unit isn't ideal. So, I mean, based on the stuff they gave up, it feels like a pretty low-risk, high-reward move for, for this team. And I'd like, I mean, barring any injuries of any sort, I, I don't really see how this ends up being a downgrade. Like, I think at worst, maybe he's not the same player he used to be. But I don't think you'll possibly get like worse play out of this trade. So, yeah, I think that's a fair assessment. I I think uh, what you said made sense in terms of a change of of scenery definitely could like revitalize someone and kind of rejuvenate them. And yeah, and uh, yeah. So Kevin Byard, he's thirty years old, two years removed from a first team All Pro season, and. Uh, yeah, certainly brings that veteran presence. So, I mean, yeah, it's hard not to like this. Yeah, and I, I, I just love the aggressiveness. You, you feel like you have a problem, so you go and address it. And, I mean, if there was ever a time, like like I said, just having a, how he has a great feel for the moment. He, he knows when maybe to step on the gas and when to, when to take it off a little bit. So, I appreciate him for it. Very nice. All right, so we're going to move on to the Steelers here who go to Los Angeles, get a win 24 to 17. It really did. I mean, there were a lot of Steelers fans there. There was a time when the Rams had the ball in the fourth quarter. It got really loud in there. Uh, and that was really cool to see. You know, see your fans kind of take over an opposing stadium is always a good feeling. Uh, I, feel like, I feel like it always tends to happen in, in LA. So, oh, yeah. Uh, that's all. That's a that's a nice little plus there. Steelers actually uh, have three straight home games after this too. So that's 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 a good feeling. Come coming on a big home stretch, uh, four and two. Uh, Jack, do you want to go first uh, or do you want to go second as you usually do? Uh, I'll go second. Who is it? So we got the Jags and the Titans, and who's the third? Uh, Green Bay. Uh, we're hosting them. Okay. All right. Go ahead. Yeah. So. My first thing I've written down is in a season where we're in week seven and going into this game, we had zero team rushing touchdowns, which I don't know how the rest of the NFL fares. I assume we have to be the only team with no rushing touchdowns the first six weeks. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I texted you when we got our first rushing touchdown. Like, how is that possible? I was thinking like, this has to be our first rushing touchdown. I can't think of another one. And like, how, how does no team after six Six and five and a half games, technically, like not a rushing touchdown. Like that's just how bad our offense is, and like we don't have big plays, and we don't have many red zone opportunities. So, yeah. Anyway, continue. yeah. So anyway, so like I said, we had none going into this game, and we had three on Sunday. Kenny had one. 
on a one-yard quarterback sneak. Jalen Warren had a nice run, and Najee had a touchdown as well. So run game was good, especially uh, within the red zone and near the goal line. That was a really good thing to see. Uh, Defense was the spark plug we needed at the time we needed it. Uh, at halftime, we were down nine to three, and then right up to open up the the second half. Was it the first play, Jack, or was it, it, was, the it was in the play? Yep, it was. Yeah, very first play of the of the second half. T.J. Watt makes a play that you never see an edge rusher make. Drop That's back certain. in coverage and and read the quarterback and jump the route and make a great interception. So uh, that was really great to see. T.J. didn't have a sack, but obviously still impacting the the game in a huge way. And just his presence just opens things up for everyone else. Um, so that was great. One thing that did frustrate me a lot is I texted Jack this. I don't know how the heck Daryl Henderson and Royce Freeman, who were on the couch pretty much all season, combined for 127 yards and 4.4 yards per carry and a touchdown against us. And it just made me really upset. And I, it's hard to even think about, like, if those guys can do that, what will a good running back do to our front seven? We got Travis Etienne and then Derrick Henry coming up. So we got to fix that. We got to fix that fast. And I really, all Steelers fans have to just really hope we clean that up and pray and cross your fingers that Cam Hayward uh, can be effective when he returns. Hopefully within the next few weeks, you think, Jack? Uh, yeah, I haven't heard. I think they, didn't they initially been, say an like update a, on his injury? I uh, It was protected like eight weeks or so. I mean, he had surgery for a groin injury eight weeks after his uh, week one. So like, I'd say like week 10, maybe, which would be the Packers game. So maybe, um, yeah, I, I, I want to speak that real quick. I mean, it's, uh, the good running backs we faced in the beginning of the year, it was McCaffrey. who had a great game against us week one. And then Chubb before he got hurt was, was eaten. um, and then even it was like Damian Pierce had a solid game against us, um, but I uh, I I guess to uh, maybe mm, ease your fears of the next couple weeks of good running backs, uh, the Titans O line has been really bad. I mean our D O line could hopefully dominate against a O line that is not good. Jags O line hasn't been great. Um, so, I don't know. Yeah. And the, the Rams' offensive line this year has been playing decently. So, that was another thing. We mentioned Kevin Dotson on the show last week. I mean, how many yards so, per carry they averaged yesterday, you know? I, I don't know. I, d- I think those guys averaged 4.4. So, that's pretty average. But still, it felt like they were just eating us up. So... Can you guys hear me? Yeah, I hear you. Okay, good. I thought I lost you for a second. Um, anyway, I mean, I don't have too much more to add. I know pop. I know people will probably really only remember that bad spot on Kenny's fourth down sneak at the end of the game. And yes, that was a bad spot. He was short, I think, pretty clearly. But I think we've outplayed the Rams, especially in the second half. Uh, we hung with them in the first half, and I think we deserve that win. Yes, the Rams probably did deserve a chance to go down the field, 
but we did have a seven point lead. They wouldn't have had any timeouts and they would have had to go 55, 60 yards to, to tie the game. So to say we didn't deserve that win, I think is, uh, you know, you're not looking at it clearly. I think we did. We played really well in the second half. Uh, I mean, I don't know. We, it's hard. To, it's hard to go a show without not mentioning Canada, but I thought he did all right this game. I thought there was some creativity. I really liked um, the plays where we sent Allen Robinson in motion, and he would be the lead. He would be one of the blockers for a pitch to like Jalen Warren. I thought that yeah. was a little bit of creativity there. Uh, so I thought Canada actually did it. Did a decent job. Guys were executing, and uh, yeah, it was a game that was close for a while, and I was I was nervous. I, I'll close with this: it just never can be easy with the Steelers, can it? It's yeah. just. Every week is just three hours of anxiety. We can never win comfortably. So that'd be nice if, there, if one of these times we can do it. But hey, you, you don't apologize for winning in this league and we're four and two somehow. So in and way is um, the only real comment I have is like the this is such a fun defensive player of the year race. Like, yeah. like I mean, obviously with like with Watt and Garrett, it, it's it's fun looking at them compared to each other because they're producing pretty much at at similar ish levels but they do it like garrett is just this like absolute like freak of nature like probably will not see anyone else like built like him in a long time and then watt is just like as just like smart as it gets and just like relentless like just the entire game is coming at you so they've both been just like on, they're both complete like game wreckers, like in every sense of the word. Yeah, Teeter just so technically sound. Everything he every every movement he has has a purpose, and uh, he's just glad he's on our team. That's all I have to say. I oh, would yeah. hate to. I never want to see a day where he's on another team and he's facing us. I hope that never happens. So, yeah, TJ, he's in. He's accounted for three wins, in my opinion. Uh, <laughs> it's like. The, true it doesn't happen yep. in yeah NFL. like one defensive player is not supposed to be able to completely impact a game like he does like the browns game on oh, that crazy monday night game he had the touchdown the go-ahead touchdown uh the ravens game fumble recovery and then a huge sack at the end as well um and then this game i know the the pick happened early not early as the first play second half but I mean, that was the spark we needed. Like he, he picked it off and runs it to within the five yard line. Thought he was gonna get in, but he got tackled. And I mean, that I was like nervous we weren't gonna score seven after that. But after being gifted the the four yard line or five, whatever it was. So, um, and that just switched the momentum and, uh, yeah, gave us the lead after that touchdown that Kenny ran it in because set up by the INT, um. I'll only just add Kenny's stuff because I don't think you touch on him really other than the um the sneak bad spot. He uh after a Steelers game, I just like search Kenny Pick on Twitter, I just read everything. And <laughs> every everyone says like Kenny Pickett sucks at three quarters and just turns into Tom Brady in the fourth. Um there is a little bit of truth to that. I mean so it's not past- entirely true. He made it's, good throws other than the fourth. Yes, but I'm going to read. So this is a credit. Who is this? Adam Gretz, just a random guy, I think, um, on Twitter. Uh, Kenny Pickett's passer rating by quarter. First quarter, 45.8. Second quarter, 76.8. Third quarter, 92.9. Fourth quarter, 102.8. 
It's better um, as it goes. Not a bad thing. Better than is the, he the Is he the Derrick Henry of quarterbacks? Just gets better with more work and, and as the game goes on? Probably. That's what they're, that's what they're saying. I'm not he's saying that. Some people are saying yeah, that. No, you're not saying that. You're just reiterating it. The, so, and this is other quarterbacks. thought this was kind of interesting. Quarterbacks pass rating by fourth quarter. In the fourth quarter, I guess this year, is by Chris Dokish. I think he's a writer for inside of her pit, primarily. Um, quarterback passer in my fourth quarter. I guess CJ Stroud leads at 114. Mac Jones is second, 109. Whoa, Josh that's Allen, surprising. Josh Allen, third, 106. Garoppolo, next, 104. And then Kenny is next at 103. Brock Purdy, 101. Lamar, 100. Russ, 99. And then, like... Trevor, 85, Tua, 81, Burrow, 72, Hurt, 63, Prescott, 60. Um, after digesting this, it's... And passer rating, if you really dig into the numbers and the formula of it, it's it's not a truly a great stat. Um, it's, it's somewhat a volume stat, which is not really... Uh, not really considered because it's like... You wouldn't think it's a volume stat, but you need yardage to have a high passer rating. You need passing touchdowns. Um, and a lot of those quarterbacks are at the top. Those are quarterbacks that are in garbage time a lot, trying to throw a lot in the fourth quarter, thus having a higher passer rating. So that's a little misleading, but it's just kind of weird to see those quarterbacks and Kenny among them up there. Um, but aside from the whole passer rating thing by quarter, and... <laughs> I guess I'm just the ultimate Kenny biased person because, like, I read all these comments on Twitter and in social media, whatever. Like, Kenny sucks at three quarters and is great in the fourth. Like, I, I, I just view that. Whenever I'm watching the game, I was like, this offense just is so, so, so boring and just can't get anything going in the beginning of the game. And, um. Once it turns into panic time in the fourth quarter, like Kenny and Matt Canada, I guess, gets a little more aggressive and then end up scoring points. And that's good. I'm glad it's happening in the fourth quarter rather than not at all. Uh, but, like, why can't Canada get more aggressive in the beginning of the game? I don't know. I, I think we're just, if, if it's him or the Tomlin or just the Steelers way, like, we're just committed to this, like, older style of football, like, controlling the line of scrimmage and just getting your running room going, which that is great in theory, but I don't think we have a good enough offensive line. Like if that was the Eagles implementing this, then that could work. They have a great O line uh and everything. But I don't I just that that shouldn't be us. Um so anyway, I don't think I had much else to say. Um Joe Putter Jr. got more playing time and played great he uh I know Puka Nakua tore us up. He had 150 yards, but uh in Joey's coverage he had on on Nakua um three targets, no catches allowed, and one pass defended. And I feel like he was the primary defender on Cup, and Cup had a really quiet game. So Joey's poor junior's playing great. Um gotta get him more. I mean, he's getting more and more time every week. I don't want don't know why I would just don't make a full time start at this point. Um and then lastly, the um, the offensive line, Broderick Jones didn't get the start this week because Dan Moore is healthy. I guess, I mean, it's not really fair for a guy to lose his job because of injury. So that's why Broderick got the start last week because Dan Moore's injured. Dan Moore's back. 
starting job is still his. Uh, Damore played good though, so uh, I would like to see. And we do a weak spot center O line. Like our our center Mason Cole hasn't been good. Um, I have heard the idea, and I like it, of possibly moving our guard James Daniels over at center. Maybe push Chuksakor forward to the inside guard, and then just put Dan Moore at right tackle if he can do that. Um, I, I just I feel like that'd be a good solution to get our best offensive line talent on the field, and get also get Broderick Jones actual physical reps that matter. Um, so, yeah, I think that's uh, that's all I got. Oh, and then last thing, Kenny, game-winning drives, six on his career. 17 or 18 starts, he has six game-winning drives. He's just clutch, and I'm, I'm glad he's, like, for the narrative, he sucks with three quarters and is good in the fourth. I'm glad it's that way and not the other way around. If it was the other yeah, way around, he'd get, he'd get murdered. Like, people, how they murder, like, Dak Prescott and, like, Herbert as of late in the media. So, I'd rather my quarterback be good in the fourth than the other three, honestly. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I, I mean, it's good in theory to get your best offensive line talent out there, but I just, you know, there would, I feel like there'd still be some growing pains and some adjustments for guys playing different positions, but who knows? I don't know. All right. What do you guys want to do? We, we initially, we were planning to do some other week seven recaps. Uh, we may do some random trivia here. Should we go with that? Let's do that. The trivia. Yeah. All right. We were just spitballing guys who went to random colleges before we start recording. So I'm just going to like randomly pick a few guys and first one to shout it out wins. We'll do All like right. up to three. Sounds good. Um, Daniel Bellinger. Indiana. Mm. Do, you know, do you know that or was that a guess? And also, no, what? If, can we keep guessing, or is we at one guess if we're done? Fire! No, you, you can do rapid fire. Okay, uh, Illinois. Fine. No, Nebraska. No. What's the time limit here? We can't just go on forever. <laughs> I don't know until I say until I move on. Just rapid New Mexico fire. State. No. Uh, Cal. Montref, fire him off. Cal. No, it's not. Cal. St- Stanford. Stanford. You guys are kind of you're in the right state. Oh, um, uh, UCLA. No. Oh, oh USC. Uh, He's not USC. No. Um. Oh no. Uh. San Diego State. Oh, that's Ding. it. Mitchell yeah. gets it. Let's go. Dang. Do you All think right. Daniel Bellinger and Kawhi Leonard are friends? They have to be. Definitely not. <laughs> and Steven <laughs> Strasburg. And Danelle. Yeah. <laughs> Rashad Penny. Yeah. Young Wei Ku. No, he's not Notre Dame, is he? No, it's not, not Notre Dame. Are you thinking of Justin Yoon? Yeah, that's that's my bad. That, 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 that. Wow, Shreff's Shreff's racial profiling. Yeah, that comes off poorly. Um, yeah. Ooh, I think I should know. Oh, man, I really have no idea. Yeah, nothing on Young Wei Ku. I didn't know you were gonna throw kickers at us. Uh. Is it power? It, uh, it's power five. No. Oh. <laughs> I'll give you this Flo- one. It, it, it's North Georgia Florida. Southern. It's Georgia Southern. 
Oh, we uh, just had a guy. Uh, Matt Breida went to Georgia Southern. We were oh, talking yeah. about him oh, before recording. I yes, that's the guy I said. Yes. All right, this one. Jalen Naylor. TCU. No. UCF. No. Jalen Naylor went to Baylor. Yeah, I just saw that, Jack. Um, yeah. Wait, what? No. Oh, playing the game? Are you yeah. guys? Yeah. Okay. It's is a problem. Oh, no. Um, oh, oh, yes. Texas A&M. No. Um, Texas Tech. No. I'll give you this one. It's Michigan State. I thought you knew. Didn't he have like four touchdowns in that one game against Rutgers, was it? I don't know. I'm pretty sure he did hit a four touchdown game against Rutgers a couple years ago. Okay. What a play by Jordan Addison. Just ripped it out of Ward's hands. Yeah, that was insane. Can't hit a bet. Uh, all right, next one. This uh, segment is absolute chaos, by the way. Jacoby Myers, <laughs> NC State. Sheriff gets it. Oh. One, all right, one. it's one, one, one. First to three. Play along at home if you'd like. Yeah. Um, Man, uh, what's going on with these kickers tonight? I don't know. You miss it? Yeah, you missed the extra point. How about... This is great podcasting, by the way. Alexander Madison. Boise State. Oh, no, he's Boise State, yeah. Yeah. I was thinking Dwayne McBride, who just got drafted there from UAB. All right, two to one. Um... Hmm. Tyler Conklin, Minnesota. No. Ooh. US Auburn. C? No. Auburn. What'd you go? Not UCLA. Auburn. What'd you say, Shreff? I said USC, and then I'm gonna say UCLA. Both. No. Could have sworn he was Minnesota. Uh, UNC. No. Um. Wisconsin. No. Miami. No. Nebraska. No. I got nothing. Oregon State. It's UCF. Ooh. Oh. All right. How about Zay Jones? East Carolina. Wow, yes. <laughs> oh, wow, we're coming down to the wire now. All right, two, two, two. two here. Winner takes all. Uh, I'm not giving you guys this one, but did Quez Watkins go to Old Dominion? No, he went to oh, Southern Miss, I want to say. Taylor Heineke went to Old Dominion. I'm As thinking of I. Travis Fulgham. It's exactly, it's exactly who you think. Yeah, that's why I got it confused. Uh, all right, what's a good one? The the rubber match, if you want to call it that. Um, nope. I was gonna say Gabe Davis. He also went to UCF. Did we both? Did, guys- Jeff, did we? Did we both get? Oh no, you you knew both uh, Zay Jones and Jacoby Myers. I got one that I just got through guessing, and one I knew straight away. So yeah. If you guys get this one, Pierre Strong, Nebraska. No. Oh shoot! Um, I feel like I know this. 
I almost said Texas. It's not Texas. Is it Miami? Is it no. Arizona State? No. Oh, man. I feel like I know this, this is going to frustrate me. UNLV. No. I think once I hear this, I'm going to get mad. Yeah, can we, can we just hear it and move on? It's South Dakota State. Oh, okay. I, I knew that. I knew that. I didn't know that. I don't think we should do this segment again. There's too much dead air in this one. One more. Uh, all right, you guys are going to get this one. Okay, here we go. Joshua Kelly. UCLA. Oh, dang it. Yep. Congrats, Mitchell. This was good. Thank you. It really wasn't. It was, it was a terrible set. No, it, was, it, was, it, was it was fun good. to do, but like, it's, it's something we should do I, after we're done recording. I personally, I, I mean, I could do that for hours, but for podcasts, yeah. maybe not. Yeah. yeah, of course. No, it's a fun game. It's just I don't think it's a good podcast segment idea. Well, if you listen to that, uh, hope you enjoyed. So. Yeah. All right. It is time for our picks. Let's recap how we did last week. As I prefaced at the beginning, it was not very good. If I can just pull it up real quick. And Shref picked uh, San Francisco <laughs> minus seven and down nine at halftime, of course. I, I mean, at, at, as soon as we got on, I, I said they, they got an interception on the first drive and then McCaffrey fumbled like three plays later. And from that moment on, I was like, oh boy. <laughs> so in week seven here, Jack went one and two. He incorrectly guessed Buffalo minus eight and a half. They lost outright to the Patriots somehow. Picked the Packers minus one and a half. They lost outright to the Denver Broncos somehow. It was ugly. But as we said, his his, his uh, successful pick was the over in the Thursday night game between the Jags and the Saints. I know thirty nine and a half. I know that was uh, comfortable. I also went one and two, so not great for me either. Uh, the Chargers plus five and a half. They lost, I think, by like. 14 or something like that. They were in it for a lot of the first half, but the Chiefs kind of pulled away at the end as they do. I picked Eagles minus two. I felt pretty confident about that one, and they won by 14. And one that wasn't even close to hitting, which I was also confident in, Commanders Giants over 39 and a half. They only scored 21 points in that game. So terrible call by me. Shreff picked the Lions plus three, who were perhaps the hottest team in football, and their momentum came to a screeching halt where they lost by 32 points. And uh, Shreff also picked the Jags, Saints under 39 and a half, and the Jags almost beat them by themselves. Yep. So going well. And the Niners are losing outright, as we mentioned. So we're having fun. I, I think I know what's I think I know what might be about to happen this week, and I'm I want to see if if you guys actually do it. <laughs> Full fade. I'm waiting for a full fade. All right. So that brings our record here. I'm doing this on the fly. Jack's 12 and 9. I am 11 and 10. And Shref at the moment is 4 and 16, which is unbelievable to say out loud. It's unreal. 4 and 16. I, I don't know. So, okay. Jack, that means you are first. Yeah. Um, no teams on a buy this week after six last week. That makes no sense. There's no buys. That's no weird. buys this week. And there were six teams on a buy last week. Why That's wouldn't really they do? Strange. Why wouldn't they do two and four? 
you'd think. Go check, make sure these lines didn't change from when I prepared this this afternoon. Wow, Jack can't handle the pressure of the top spot. He always takes forever. You go. Ooh, a defer. Can't fade me. I'm not Shref. I can. You could, technically. All right, so my first pick is going to be... I really like my total. I'll get to that. But I think, I think you guys aren't going to do it, so I'm going to risk it. I will do the Rams plus six and a half at Dallas. Reasoning being since 2017, that's when Sean McVay took over as the uh, Rams head coach. The Rams are 23, 13 and four against the spread, which is 63.9% after a loss. And that's the second best uh, against the spread record after a loss in the league during that span. And I just think six and a half is too much. I know the, the Cowboys won when they, they had a bye this week, but they won Two weeks ago, I'm Monday Night Football against the Chargers, but um, they just, I don't know. I think these teams are closer than a six and a half point spread. I don't know how you guys feel about that, but I think it should have been like four and a half, maybe. I think the Rams can get this to close to a field goal, so I feel pretty comfortable with that. I think there's just too many points, so I'll go with Rams plus six and a half. I like yeah. that one. I, yeah, I, it it Dallas has just been weird this year because they've won like they've there's some games where they've looked like the best team in football and then some where they look like they just aren't good. Right. So I think McVeigh will get them get them right, and uh, I think they'll make it a close game. I'm not going to say they're going to win outright, but I think it'll be pretty close. Uh, I got mine. Okay. I feel like I'm doing this every week, but taking the Chiefs minus eleven and a half. Yeah. Can't argue. They that. they played two weeks ago and the spread was eight and a half or nine and a half. The Chiefs didn't have a great game, still covered. And um the they had a good game last week. They beat the Chargers by two scores. I guess the spread's a little high or the spread's a little smaller than I'd expect because Broncos coming off a win, but maybe the Packers just kind of suck. <laughs> um, and they barely won that game. Jordan Love just kind of gave it to him at the end. Um, so, yeah, I think the Chiefs are going to win by eight. I, I Also, the spread's shorter because the Broncos are home, but I don't care. The Broncos sportsbook's too high on them now, I guess, after this win, and Chiefs are going to take care of business handedly. Yeah, Mahomes owns them. Yep. Shref. Who are you, who are you picking? Uh, Sorry, I don't mean to laugh. That's disrespectful. No, you, uh, I, I laugh too. Like I, <laughs> I don't know, man. It's if you can't funny. laugh, then it's just it's really sad. It, exactly. Like I can't let it be actually sad. Um. Yeah. All these picks are just going to be off the of vibes because at this point, there's no strategy like that has worked like whatsoever. So I'm just gonna I'm just gonna make a pick. Um, I'm going to go Jets. I'm going to go Jets to cover the three. Um, I think this Jets defense is just about as good as it gets. Um, I believe, I'm assuming they're getting sauce back. Um, this Giants team, I know the, they got their win yesterday. It was a great, like, divisional game win. Um, the offense still doesn't 
like really impressed me. They unlocked Aaron Waller a little bit, which was nice to see. But just overall, the, the roster still doesn't like really scare me. And this Jets team, I know Zach Wilson isn't the ideal quarterback, but he's starting to look more and more capable as just a guy that can keep it on the tracks a little bit for them. So if that's the case, I think the defense is going to keep looking good. I think this is going to be a low-scoring game, but I think the Jets can can win by more than a field goal. So I'll go Jets. Yeah, Giants coming off of two straight covers. Um, so maybe that has affected this line a little bit. So Jets get a coming off a of bye week, so it could be a good spot for them. Do you guys it's see also, the total? You guys see the total in that game? It's so oh, low. Yeah, it's real. Um, I was also thinking about it too. I guess it's it, the Giants are technically the home team, but this is just a. I mean, I'm assuming this will be pretty split down the middle in terms of the crowd. Right. Exactly. Uh, you have another pick. I do, and I don't know if I like having back to back because I'm all over the place. Um, let's go. Can't wait for Jack's second pick to be Giants plus three. Yeah, I'm waiting for it, but and it, it, it's a good one to take too. I don't blame him. Um, I don't know which one I want to ride. I want to take a big one, but I can't bet against them three weeks in a row. Let's go. Sorry, I'm taking a while on this one. I'm all over the place. Clock. It's not like it makes a difference on anything. <laughs> That's true. Yeah. You're deciding which which way you want to lose. It yeah, I really am. It's death by a thousand paper cuts either way. Give me This is my real thoughts on the game, but it also might be a huge benefit to you guys. Give me the Jags minus two and a half. Screw it. Let's go. Let's go I know. Thank Let's you. go. It's a mix of helping you guys out and it's also just Thank my you for your service. Game. I know. Thank you I, for your service. You guys can thank me later for this. Um, at this point, I might as well help the cause for the for the fellows, right? But I don't know. I think uh, this Jags team is starting to kind of find their find their form a little bit. Mitchell, you were mentioning it uh, when you talked about it. Uh, the run, de- I mean, ETN has been like the top, what like three, five running back in football this year so far, like easily. Um, he's been unreal. The offense seems to be fine. I'm waiting for Calvin Ridley to get going a little bit. But the main thing for me, uh, I mean, we've heard the complaints about Matt Canada. Uh, the Steelers' offense does it isn't one that's going to go out. And I don't, <laughs> I might put words in my mouth here with my bet, but they're not a team that I don't think is going to go out and like boat race you. So I do think this game will be close either way. But I think the Jags' offense will have enough to get it done, and I think the defense has been showing up on a pretty consistent basis. So I'm going to trust the Jags to cover it. Oh my god, that made me so happy. Shreff fading Mike Tomlin as a home underdog. Love that formula. Yeah. yeah. All right, so my second pick here, I'm going to be going with the Miami Dolphins, minus nine and a half. I usually stay away from big favorites. I don't think I've taken one all year. But uh, reasoning being, since McDaniel's taken over as the head coach for the Dolphins, they're 15 and 10 against the spread, which is seventh best in the league over the past year and a half. And on the flip side, in that span, the Patriots are 29th against the spread. 28th, excuse me, at 9-14-1. And And, uh, New England won outright last week as a big underdog. 
and they beat a AFC powerhouse. And the Dolphins, obviously, they got exposed a little bit in prime time against the Eagles. So I think people are going to be looking at this. They're thinking, oh, it's a divisional game. Bill Belichick you know, coming off a win, nine and a half, ten points is too much. But we've seen earlier in the year, we kind of touched upon it when we were talking about the Dolphins earlier. When they play bad teams, which I do think, still think the Patriots are, uh, they kind of dominate them a little bit. So I like the Dolphins to bounce back in a big way. And I'm not really scared of taking the nine and a half there. Jack. Uh, and Triff. Yep. Oh my, which one? Uh, Steelers. I mean, Ooh. I kind of do agree with him. I think the, the Jags should be very about like three. They're a better team than us right now. But uh, one and a half. Rooting for it anyway. We're going to be I was there. wondering. Um, and Mitchell has, I don't know if you've memorized the exact number, but Tom on home underdog is good. Although, I mean, coming off two wins doesn't, I feel like we're just due for a loss now, but eh. Why yeah, not? That, that's it's it. This is like a, I don't know, because like I said, it, it Jags feels like the right play, but I've also been wrong pretty much this entire season on almost every single pick. So I don't. What's it? No, Shresh record this year. I mean, you're four. You're four for twenty. So you're yeah. Shref, you lose at like an eighty percent rate, and Tom has a home yeah. dog is probably with his cover rate may be close to you there. Yeah, that, I was going to say a good, a good over under. What's what rate is higher? Shref's Shref's losing percentage this year, or Tomlin's Tomlin's uh, cover rate as a home underdog? It's probably Shref still this year, but I feel like it's pretty close. Uh, I don't know. Any guess, Shref? I think I Do you know it, Mitchell. I think I, I looked it up. Have. I have it right here now. I think I have. So Shref losing percentage is eighty percent. Yeah, <laughs> Shref's losing percentage in 2023 of the Hogline Sportsbook donation segment is 80%. Mike Tomlin's uh, cover rate as a home underdog since 2007, which he took over as head coach, is 17-5-3, which is 77.3%. It's so Told close. You Told you I had him beat. That nice is the best bro. percentage in the league by 10 percentage points. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, the numbers are in my favor. Although I don't truly think it's like the right pick. But numbers are my favorite. It's a system play. There you this go. All, we love, this is what happens love. every time I, I make a pick, and there's been some that right off the bat you're like, no, but I feel like more than all, more than not, you're like, yeah, that makes sense, and it, it 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 never ends up making sense. All right, so Jack, since you have the opportunity here, are you going to pick your total, or are you going to defer to me and then defer to Shreff so you can fade him? Ooh. I wasn't going to defer, but I kind of want to know. I'll defer to after Shreff. <laughs> well, what's more free money, fading Shreff's totals or picks in general or the Broncos under last year, which was uh, <laughs> like 11, 11 and 1 in the first 12 weeks? All right, so I love my total here. Uh, it's the only one I feel actually kind of passionate about in a way. I Totals are hard to find data for, but I kind of just go off of like, I I try to guess them before I see what they actually are. And I've been pretty good at guessing them, which means I feel like I, I have a tough time leaning either way. I was pretty much between two and two and a half points with every single game for the most part, besides this one when I was like six points off. 
Um, since then, though, it has moved two points, so it's only a four-point difference. But it's the over in the uh, Bucks bills game on Thursday night. Mm. Over 42.5. When I checked it earlier today, it was 40.5. And, a half, and I, I, I handicapped it or thought it'd be around 46. So, again, the, the Bills, last week, their offense was still pretty good. It was the defense that let them down. Uh, the Bucks have had two weeks in a row of pretty poor offensive showing. I think they can get right a little bit. I know it'll be somewhat of a hostile environment in Buffalo, but I think, um, I don't know. I think low 40s is little too low. I don't know how you guys feel about it, but I think it'll be a, uh, I think some points will be scored. So let's go over 42 and a half. And I'm glad I'm locking it in now. I feel like if we recorded later in the week, that that number might rise another point, point and a half. So got the Bucks bills over 42 and a half. That's a good Let's one. Let's make make it official, Jack. Are you deferring or are you gonna do it? I'll defer. I do really like a total here, but I want to wait. Okay. If if it doesn't get said, put it what's what's mentioned in the honorable mentions. But Shref, this is ridiculous that it's gotten to this point, but uh go ahead. Yeah, I don't know how we've gotten to this point either. I'm disappointed in myself. I've disappointed my family, I've disappointed everyone. It's a shame. Like what like what have we gotten to the picks where we're not even Jack's not even I'm agreeing not. with the picks he's making, but he's just yeah, doing it anyway. So actually, he's like, I actually don't like this pick, but I, I have to take it. <laughs> it's not good. It's not going well over here. If I really don't like it, maybe I won't do it, but I don't know. Hold on. Just just to cut you guys, just to interrupt for a second, this is a crazy stat they just showed on Monday Night Football. Highest blitz percentage rate in uh, of all the teams through week seven. The Vikings are number one by such a large margin. They blitz 57% of the time, and the next closest is 37%. Fine Flores. Crazy. Anyway, go ahead. You'll see in a second what Brock Purdy just did. That was so weird. That wasn't a fumble, right? Yeah, but it's great. No. Are they going to call intentional grounding? He wasn't really in the the tackle. I think he was down. No, I I don't think he was down. He was on top of the defender. His shin was down. Was it? I don't know. Anyway, Shreff, you got a you got a pick for me and you. Yeah, I do. Uh, <laughs> pick for me and you. Oh my gosh. <laughs> uh, I don't know. I at at this point, I like last week with my total. I ended up rooting for not having fun in a football game. So I'm gonna root to have fun in a football game. I'm I'm gonna take the I'm just gonna it's a hot it's a high number, but I'm I'm gonna take the over 46 in Chiefs Broncos. I'm just gonna take it. We're gonna have fun with it. Um, Last time these two teams met, it was uh-huh. uh, 27 total points. Yeah, that was last time. That was this time. Uh, Chiefs also just lost Nick Bolton um, for I believe six weeks. They said at least broken wrist. Not ideal. He's kind of been, I mean, obviously you have Chris Jones, but in terms of the linebacker unit, that's kind of their leader there. Um, not that it probably won't, it probably won't matter. It probably still isn't going to hit. Jack, I hope you have fun with the under on this one. Um, but yeah, I mean, the Chiefs offense is rolling. They're scoring points. Rasheed Rice has really come along, so they're starting to find other targets, even though Travis Kelsey obviously like completely took over this past game. Um, it seems like they're starting to spread the ball, starting to find their momentum a little bit. And the Broncos offense looked not good against the Packers, but for the most part, they've been able to move the ball pretty consistently. So 
We're just gonna we're just gonna go for points. We're going for points. All right. The moment has come. Does Jack hate it so much that he won't do it? Or is he No, gonna... I like it. I'm gonna do it. Okay, there we go. Yeah, I don't even know if I like it, but it doesn't matter if I like it or not. No, like, it I, doesn't. I could definitely see this game being like thirty five to seven. Possible. Thirty five seven. Wow, Jack's yeah, like I don't. Down I don't. The Broncos do. I, the Broncos scored eight points against the Chiefs two weeks ago, and Russ had ninety-five yards. Like I, I don't think they're going to score. So I just got the Chiefs got to score under forty. Wow. Yeah, Jack has uh, Chiefs minus seven and a half and the under. So that'll okay, be interesting to see. All right. Well, any honorable mentions, Jack? What was the other spread that you were uh, that you actually kind of liked? I, I do no not spread total. I I really like the uh the Jag Steelers over. Okay. It's forty one and a half. Uh I feel like the Steelers offense I mean I'm not gonna speak too highly of it, but they they looked like a competent offense in the fourth quarter. They ran the ball at will almost it felt like three rushing two rushing touchdowns, but um I don't I should have mentioned the Steelers in the fourth quarter had in the first three quarters, had 110 total yards of offense, and then nearly doubled that in the fourth quarter alone. So, um, anyway, I mean the the Jags defense is has played great this year, but we saw Thursday night they can take their foot off the gas a little bit. They let the Saints get back into it, and that's kind of the formula of the Steelers. They can let the Steelers get back into it. The Steelers defense is susceptible to big plays, and I feel like the Jags will move the ball and score points early. So. It could turn into that. Uh, I mean, it doesn't even have to get too high scoring. It's a 41.5 total, so Steelers could win, or anyone could win. But if my pick is right, Steelers could win like 23-20, to 20, which isn't even too high, and that covers by a couple. So, um, But I had to go the system play. I respect it. <laughs> I'm a loser. God, I'm a loser. <laughs> Yeah, just, I, I am pretty nervous for this game. I honestly do think the Jags are going to win and cover. Um, I'm, I'm not, I don't have a good feeling about it, but hopefully I'm wrong. I didn't until it. like five minutes I ago. I've blessed you guys so hard. It's so annoying because like two Steelers fans are agreeing that this, that this should hit, and it's, it's, it's not going to hit. I'm telling you now, it's not going to hit. Yeah, that's why I took it. Oh my gosh. It defies logic. Uh, other two I liked, but I didn't feel comfortable taking them because they're not good teams. I liked the Saints plus one and a half against the Colts. I uh, don't know how you guys feel about that, but I, I like that. Mm -hmm. Saints have a rest advantage. Um, Colts kind of coming off a very back and forth emotional game. So there's that. And then another one I actually kind of liked. Uh, again, I, I would never do this with any any iota of confidence, but Bears plus eight and a half. I looked at it for half a second, and then I was like, "Okay, I glad I didn't take it then." Because like that, if my record was better, I would go down betting on the Bears. I'm not going down betting on the Bears right now. I can't. I, can't I like do it. I like the over, and well, I was thinking about the over in that game because I feel like both ovens are going to score, and I still think it can hit. I just didn't feel. I don't like the. Uh, it was the second highest total of this of this slate this week, and I was I didn't love like just auto betting the over because I think these offenses are going to score points. Like I had 
to consider that this is set really high. So yeah, uh, but I, I do, I still do kind of like it. But it's a uh, I mean, sportsbooks did account for this bad offense. It's the second highest total of the week, right? Yeah. And it's still Tyson Bajant who looked good, but it's still right. Tyson That's Bajant. also a good point. All right, folks, that is our show. Uh, just to recap our picks. Jack goes with Kansas City uh, minus seven and a half, the Steelers plus two and a half, and the Chiefs Broncos under 46. I have the Rams plus six and a half, the Dolphins minus nine and a half, and the Bucks Bills over 42 and a half. And Shref picks the Jets minus three, the Jags minus two and a half, and the Chiefs Broncos over 46. It was getting kind of rare that we were having head-to-head matchups, but now that Jack, Jack's just gone full, almost full fade, they're becoming a regular weekly uh, occurrence. Would, I, I should ask before we end, would would one 3-0 and week end it, or would you go back to the well? I don't know if I asked this last week. If you go 3-0? and Yeah. Uh, I might still fade you. You can only yeah. get lucky for so long. Jack's just trust, <laughs> trusting the historical data. I would argue what I'm doing now is lucky, just not in a good way. Unlucky. Yeah. 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 All right, folks. Thanks for listening. Uh, hope you enjoyed. Be sure to share the fr- show with anyone that you think may like it. And we'll catch you next time with another episode. We'll be uh, back from our... Well, Jack will still be in Pittsburgh. He's ha- having an extended stay, but we'll be at the Steelers-Jags game, as we, as we mentioned. And uh, you'll hear all about it. So tune in next week's episode as well. See ya. Bye, everyone.